Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Hey, what is up, Elevate Church? Hey, my name is Pastor Seth Baltzell, and I'm from City Hope Church in Centralia, Illinois. Um, Hey, I know that we may not know each other uh, yet, but just so you know, I'm like your long-lost cousin uh, that you never knew about, okay? And so here's why I say that, because City Hope Church and Elevate Church actually planted on the exact same day, February 12th. 2012, and uh, so we're kind of like cousins. We planned through the ark and have just been friends uh, with your pastors, and, and man, we love Colby and Kristen and have really some of our best friends in ministry and traveled with them, got to hang out with them all over the country, and so, uh, man, we love your pastors. So Colby, thank you for allowing me the honor to, uh, to speak. Uh, it is an incredible honor for sure, but uh, we love you guys, love your leaders, and we are cheering you on from Centralia, Illinois. I know most of you have probably never heard of Centralia, Illinois, Um, and so it's a smaller city outside of St. Louis, about an hour, and right here in the Midwest, and uh, you know, it's it's very different from Erie. Actually, I'm a little bummed, if I could be honest. Uh, I got the invite to come preach to you guys live in Erie, um, but there's this thing that's happened. I think it's called coronavirus. But and so because of that, uh, I'm not able to be with you live. But I can't wait to get to Erie. Um, anytime I get to go to another city, I'm pumped about it. Our city is different than yours. We don't have Starbucks. We do have a Walmart, and we do have two McDonald's. Don't mean to brag. We do have two McDonald's in our city. But it really is an honor. So today, um, you know, I hope that I honor you guys by by bringing a word. I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to share something, and really. I think that it's important in this time, this critical time that we are in, uh, you know, as a country and really at the state of our world, I do feel honored to speak to you guys at this really critical juncture, this critical time. Um, You know, when we think about our world and we think about how to navigate it all, and when we think about being a Christian, I think sometimes it's easy to get lost in all the details of what's going on around us. Um, I have this problem in ministry. I have this problem at home to get lost in details and things maybe that don't even really matter that much. I have this terrible problem. We, we, have, we have people over to our house, you know, a lot, just being in ministry and small town. We have people to our house a lot. And typically, you know, whenever we have people coming over, we do what probably all of you guys do is we have to clean up our house. And by cleaning up our house, what I mean is we have to shove all our crap into closets and other rooms that people don't see to try to convince them that our house is nice and neat, okay? And so you probably do that too, all right? If you're with your spouse, just look at each other and say, yes, that's us, okay? And so we know that we do that. But, you know, as we're straightening up, here's what I have a tendency to do as we're straightening up our house, getting ready for people to come over. I have a tendency to get caught up in all the wrong things and all the wrong details. I don't know if this is a man thing or just a me thing, but I'm terrible about it. Uh, True story, a few years back, um, our son was getting ready to have his, his birthday, and so I have an amazing wife, Karis, and, uh, and then I have uh, two, two children. I have a son, Malachi, who's now 11, and a daughter, Avonlea, who's seven. And uh, just a few years ago, it was his birthday. We were kind of spending a few days getting ready to have this big birthday party for our son. And so wife had kind of wanted me to clean up a few things and get things ready for people to come over because she's an event planner and she throws crazy, awesome birthday parties. 
And so I was getting ready. I was out in the front yard kind of doing a little yard work and, and kind of just throwing some, some rocks that got kicked out of the, uh, you know, out of, onto the sidewalk, kind of back into the landscape and just getting things ready a little bit. And I looked up at my house and I noticed, man, the shutters on our house could really use some pain. You know, we had this really pretty white two-story house, but these shutters were red and they were kind of faded, not looking great. And I thought to myself, man, those shutters would look great black. Matter of fact, I've been wanting to paint these shutters black for a little bit. And so, you know, before I knew it, I looked at the shutters. I'm like, man, there's only like two or three screws holding these shutters on. This would be so easy. I could just go grab my drill and all it would take and got, I don't know if this is a guy thing or a me thing, like I said, but, you know, all it would take is just really quick. Just pop the shutters off, you know, just pop them off real quick, couple screws, throw them on the ground, spray them with some black spray paint real quick, throw them back on there. Boom. It's done. No problem. You know? And so before I knew it, I had like a 20 foot ladder up against the house. I had like 16 shutters pulled down off the house trying to spray paint them black. It was a disaster. My wife comes out and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm painting the shutters. I'm getting ready for people to come over. She's like, can you mop the floor? You know, here's what happened. I had kind of lost sight of what was important. I lost sight of the direction we were going and what we were supposed to be doing and got caught up in all the wrong Details Now, guys, I think there's some of you who've done the same thing, you know. But today, here's what I want to do. I want to remind you of the big picture. I want to remind you, just in a few minutes, of, of where we're going and what we're really supposed to be doing here. You know, I want to remind you what this faith thing is all about. What's the most important thing? Like, what's the big thing when it comes to being a Christian, when it comes to navigating the world that we're living in and everything that's going on. You know, Jesus was asked one day, what should we be focusing on? And I think that's kind of the question we're asking as we're kind of, you know, tra hopefully transitioning out of quarantine and coronavirus and into what normal looks like now and how we're going to live. And we're trying to navigate race issues and quarantine issues and political issues. We're kind of asking this question, what should I be focusing on? Jesus was asked this question. He was asked, what should I be focusing on? What's most important. I'm going to share a scripture with you. If you've been around Jesus, you've been around the church, you've been in church for a minute, uh, this may not be a new scripture to you, um, but maybe it is to a new scripture to you. So either way, I'm going to read this and I'm going to encourage you to read it with fresh ears before because it's maybe one that you've heard before. Jesus was asked, what's most important? What should I be focusing on? And here's what Jesus says in Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus says this, What's most important is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. A lot of us have heard that. Jesus said what's most important, what we should be focusing on is loving God and making sure we love him with everything in us. He goes on to say this is the greatest commandment. A lot of us know that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. We've heard that before, right? And this is the greatest commandment. And, and listen, I know your pastor, and I know Colby, and I know Kristen. I know they teach this well because they are the real deal. They love Jesus and they love you. And I know they're teaching this to you, but I want to make sure that you're here in the second part. I know you've heard this before if you've been in their church. But I want to make sure you're here in the second part because Jesus goes on and says, yes, it's important. What matters and what you should be focused on is loving God. But he says in verse 39, he says, but a second command is equally important. So he says there's this other thing that's just as important as loving God. Here's what he says. The second thing that's equally important in verse 39 is to love your neighbors as yourself. To love your neighbor. 
to love your neighbor. And then he goes on in this in verse 40. He says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So like everything's summed up in these two things. This is what matters. This is what we should be focusing on, to love God and to love people. I want to kind of focus just for a few minutes on the loving people part. I want to focus on this loving people part because I know you hear a lot about loving God and I know you hear about loving people, but I want to just remind you for a few minutes. Loving your neighbor, what does that even mean? Like, love my neighbor? You know, for some of us, we hear that, and we're like, well, that's easy. You know, because many of us, we have great neighbors. <laughs> we have the people living next to us that are, you know, we love those people, and we go out in the morning, get our newspaper, and we wave to them, and, and you know, we say hi to them over the fence, like Wilson on Home Improvement, you know? And these people are easy to love. These people are great, but what if... What if the neighbor that Jesus is talking about is not your neighbor next door that you love and you get along with and you go to barbecues with? What if the neighbor that Jesus is talking about is someone two streets over who's the busybody, who has the binoculars out seeing what's going on in the neighborhood? What if your neighbor is someone who has a different political view than you, who holds a sign that says something that you really hate if you're on? What, what if your neighbor is, is someone who, who has a different work ethic than you? Someone who has a different addiction than you? Well, what if your neighbor is someone who has a different skin color? What if your neighbor is someone who has a different sexual orientation? What if your neighbor has a different religion? Maybe a religion that scares you. What if your neighbor lives in a different part of the world and actually doesn't think real highly of Americans and American Christianity? What if your neighbor is the person that's hurt you? What if your neighbor is the person that you work with that eats all your food out of the fridge? <laughs> I think sometimes when we start to think of these people as our neighbors, we start to think about, okay, I know that those people exist and I get what Jesus says, but are there any loopholes? I think a lot of us, we're looking for love loopholes, you know? Is there a way around loving those kind of people. people. Let me just say that when Jesus says, love your neighbors, that word, if you look it up in the original language, that word neighbor literally means any other person, any other person, not just the person next to you, not just the person that you align with, not just the person that you hang out with and spend time with, literally any other person. It means a person from your work that you don't really care for. It means the person sitting next to you in church. It means the person in a different part of the world that you have never met. It means the people living in your own house. Because sometimes if we're real, it's the people's close to the people close to us, closest to us who gets the worst of us. Right? So it's the people living in your house. It's the people that, that you have offended, the people who offend you. It's, it's the person that you're gossiping about when they're not around. It's a person that has a completely different lifestyle from the life you live. It's a person who stole from you. It's the person who divorced you, right? It's everyone. It's the person that you've known casually since high school and you see them on Facebook but you don't know much about. It is everyone to love everyone. And Jesus says it's equally important Hey, Elevate Church, let me just remind you, you can't claim to love God and not love people. You can't claim to love God and not love people. 
In 1 John 4.20, the Bible says, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person's a liar. It says, for if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God that we cannot see? Now, I want to slow down for just a second. Because I know what some of y'all are thinking, right? Some of y'all are thinking, like, I love people. <laughs> like, I, I love everybody, but I, I just don't like some people. Come on, I've heard that. I've heard that in the church. You can love them. You just don't have to like them, you know? I love people. I just don't like people. There's some people I just don't feel like being nice to. Let's talk about what that word love means. You know, in the Greek, I don't have time to get into it completely, but in the Greek, there's four different words for love and what different ways that they mean. But the word that's used here is the word agape. And literally that word love is God's love. It means a self-sacrificing kind of love. It's a love that, listen, it's a love that doesn't just feel. It's a love that does. A love that doesn't just feel. It's a love that does. We're familiar with this type of love in John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave. He loved and then he did. He loved and then he gave his one and only son. He loved the world. Listen, he didn't just feel something for the world. He gave and sacrificed for it. He did something for because of his love. Now let's go back. Love your neighbor as yourself. When you understand who your neighbor is, when you understand what love is and what love means, it really, it really challenges us. It challenges our, challenges our thinking. I really believe what this scripture says and what it's saying is that it really matters how you love others. It matters. It matters how we love others. And it matters what we do for others. It matters how we interact with others. It matters how we live amongst others and share community with others. I really believe what this scripture is saying is that it matters how we treat people. It matters how we treat people. Love, do for others, right? It's equally as important. It matters how you treat people. In our church, I kind of have a way that we like to teach, and I just give a big idea. I like to give something that you can, you can take with you and hold on to, something that's not just for Sunday, but something that's for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and throughout the week. Let me just give you a big idea today, just something to hold on to. Listen, it matters how you treat people. I want to refocus in this time of, of coming out of quarantine and, and, and trying to navigate all the craziness in our world right now. Let me just remind you, it matters how you treat people like it really, really matters. Jesus said it's on the same level with knowing and loving God. So for like the next 10 minutes, I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge you very lovingly. Here's what I know. <laughs> I know that you think you treat people just fine. Here's how I know that, because I think I treat people just fine. I know that you're not a jerk. If I ask, hey, well, all the jerks in the room stand up, very few of them would be like, that's me, you know? Hey, listen, you think you treat people just fine. You're not a jerk. I get that. You have good intentions to treat people really, really well. But here's what I know. It doesn't matter how good I think I treat people. I'm supposed to love people like God loves people. And if God is my standard, I have work to do. 
And if God's love is your standard, you have work to do. There's room to grow. So how do we do this? How do we treat people well? How do we, how do we love people like God? Because God's love is the standard. Just a couple of thoughts. Number one, I believe this. I think we have to treat people better than they deserve. If we're going to love how God loves us, if, if we really are going to love our neighbor as ourselves, because this is equally important, if it really matters how we treat people, we have to treat people better than they deserve. After all, isn't this what God does for us? Right? This is what God does for us. God always gives us better than we deserve. He gives us grace that we do not deserve. Let us not forget that. We love to sing about grace and we love to trust in God's grace and like, oh, my sin, like I know I'm, I messed up, but it's covered under God's grace. We do not deserve that. Let's not take it lightly. He gives us grace that we don't deserve. He gives us forgiveness that we don't deserve. He gives us salvation in no way do we deserve. Treat people better than they deserve. I think most of us are taught this idea, at least where I'm from, you know, come, come from like the Midwest and and, you know, kind of salt of the earth people and, and good people and farmers and all that stuff. And, and here's what I've, I've been taught and a lot of us have been taught. We're just taught that we ought to treat people fair, right? We're going to treat people fair. And I believe that's a noble idea. I don't even think that's a bad idea. But I think that we don't just treat people fair. We treat people better than they Deserve. I think sometimes when we think about treating people, we treat people kind of like how we think about uh, tipping in a restaurant. You guys remember restaurants, those places we used to go to and sit down and they would bring food to us and it was great. We would trade money for it. It was awesome. You know, I'm looking forward to going back to one of those someday, you know. But at a restaurant, we kind of all of us, as we walk into a restaurant, uh, we kind of have this baseline in mind of what we're going to tip people. And if you don't, you should. And if and, you know, you should probably raise that baseline a little bit, especially coming out of, of coronavirus and all that. But we have this baseline of, of what we think we should tip. And here's kind of the philosophy, you know. If the service is really, really good, you know what? I'm going to hook you up. I'm just going to give a little something extra. You know, I'm just going to bless you. Look at that two extra dollars I gave you, you know. And so if it's really, really good, I'm going to give you a little something extra. I'm going to tip you a little bit more. But if it's bad... I'm going to show you, right? I'm going to make sure. Hey, listen, I appreciate the service, but it wasn't too good. So I'm just going to take that. It was 20, but it's going to be, it's going to be 18% or 17%, right? And, and so we, what we do is we give to people based on what they've given us. We treat people fairly. But what if we treated people better than they deserve? So I, and I know what some of y'all are thinking, even as I say that, and it's a thought that I've wrestled with. It's like, if we treat all people with love and we sacrifice and give people better than they deserve, like, people will never learn their lesson, right? That's how people learn their lesson, is getting what they deserve. What, what if? Listen, check your heart, if that's your thought. What if it's not our job to teach people a lesson? What if that's God's job? And we think, well, if we give people better than they deserve, they're just going to walk all over me. Listen, nobody said that. You can still have boundaries and love, and you can have tough conversations in love. We don't worry about the consequence. We just love people and treat people better than they deserve. Listen, what would it look like to give everyone better than they deserve? Listen, think about the people in your life. What would it look like to give them better than, than they deserve? How would our churches be different? How would our world be different? How would Erie be different? If you gave people better than they deserve. See, here's what we know about God. He gives us better than we deserve. 
And we also know this about God. We also know that he treats us with kindness. The Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, right? So number two, another thought, we need to learn to treat people with kindness because how we treat people matters, right? It really, really matters as we refocus in in this time where we're getting caught up in other things, how we treat people matters. We have to treat people with kindness. Let me talk about kindness for just a couple minutes. I think sometimes we misunderstand the idea of kindness. And we think kindness is just like being lovey-dovey. Oh, you look so good. You look beautiful. I love your hair. I love your nails. Like, uh, you should probably go get your nails done. It's been about three months. But, like, we think of that as kindness sometimes, just complimenting people and open doors. And that can be. But let me tell you what that word kindness really means, especially in, in the context when it says that God's kindness leads us to repentance. That word kindness literally just means pleasant. Actually, it means mild, mild. Another definition for that word is absent of harshness. It's kind, it's easy, it's mild, it's absent of harshness. A few years back, our kids got this this game that I'm pretty sure was designed by the devil himself. It was called, it's called Bean Boozled. And I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it was like this game where they had jelly beans and, and they would have, you know, two jelly beans that looked the same, but they tasted way, way different, you know? And so I remember some of them, like there was one that was like, there was buttered popcorn or rotten egg, you know? So and you just had to eat it to find out. So it was either butter popcorn, which is delicious, right? Or rotten egg, not so delicious. One of them was, uh, one of them was, uh, it was chocolate pudding or canned dog food, Okay. So you had to eat it to find out. And it, the best part was just watching people's face because instantly you knew, was it mild and pleasant or was it harsh and nasty? Hey, when you interact with people, what do their faces look like? Do you walk away from people? Do they feel like, man, that was pleasant? That was mild? That was life-giving? Or do they feel like, man, that was harsh? Hey, we're called to be kind to people. It matters how we treat People, my hope is that when I walk away, they walk like as I walk away, I always think about that. What do people think of me? What do people say whenever I walk away? I hope people feel like, man, that was mild, it was absent of harshness, it was loving, it was kind. And I believe that the best time, the best time to be kind is when things are at their worst. Guys, in a lot of ways, I'm not saying our world is at its worst, but there's some rough stuff going on. I think this is an incredible time to be kind, right? Lacking of harshness. There's lots of emotions, right? Emotions are at their worst right now. Feelings are at their worst. Everyone a little bit is amped up and ready, just kind of on edge because of everything that's gone on the last several months and the last few weeks. What a time to be kind. What a time to love people. Listen, it's, it's easy too. As we think about kindness, it's easy for some people just to say, well, you know what? That's just not my personality. That's not my personality. That's not who I am. A lot of people will say, well, I want to be kind, but I just get angry easy, right? That's just how God may be. Like, I'm Italian or I'm Irish or I'm whatever. Isn't it funny that, like, every nationality, like, they think that anger is part of their thing, you know? But it's like, well, I just get angry easy. That's just who I am. That's how my family was. My family was loud in your face, so I'm just loud and all up in your face. Well, I never got treated good. Why should I be kind? I just have to speak my mind. I hear people say that. I just have to speak my mind. That's just how God made me. People say, people say to me, like, I just have to say it like it is, and if people don't like it, well, then just so be it. Listen, our personality and our upbringing and even our nature is not an excuse for our behavior as a believer. 
The Bible says we are a new creation in a new family. Our past, our upbringing, our family of origin is not an excuse, right? We are a new creation in a new family. Guys, it matters how you treat people. It matters how you treat people. We gotta be easy to take, pleasant to the world around us, treating people better than they deserve. And when we do, here's what's gonna happen. happen. Number three, third thought. We will end up leaving people better than the way we found them. I believe to love people, to really love people, love your neighbor as yourself. We have to leave people better than the way we found them. This is such an important value to me. It's part of our church core values. Treat people better than the way we found them. Treat people in such a way that when they leave, right, they're like, man, I am better because of that. I'm better because of that encounter. I'm better because of what I experienced with that person. How do we do that? We do it with encouragement. Hey, listen, don't be afraid to encourage people. There's a lot of people out there that need a lot of encouragement. We see, we see people on social media, we see people like venting and, and like letting go and frustrated. And sometimes our first thing is like, well, we gotta correct them. What if we just encouraged them? Encourage people. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, so encourage each other and build each other up. Listen, when we, give, when we encourage people, we are giving people courage with our words, with how we treat them, right? Encourage people. It's tough for some of us. See, sometimes we try to make others look weak so that we look stronger. Listen, forget about yourself. Build people up. Encourage them. So we, we encourage people with our words. By the way, this is why we serve people. We love, we don't just feel, but we do for, for our neighbors, for all people. This is why we serve people. We give our words and our energy to lift up others and to fill up others and to put them first. Guys, as your church gets ready to reopen in the next several weeks and as you think about all that and even the next months and years, man, what a time, what an opportunity we have as the world's been hurting and reeling, we have a chance to serve people and to love people. Listen, Erie can be changed forever because of you. The way you serve, the way you love, the way you leave people better than the way you found them. I'm so proud of your church just watching with the Convoy of Hope, like the big event, giving away food. Man, you guys are doing a great job, but keep it up. Keep serving. If you're not part of a team right now, like, like listen, I don't know the process. Drop in, 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 your, in the DMs or whatever video or whatever, however you're watching this. Like, let them know, like, hey, I want to serve. I want to leave people better than the way I found them. There's opportunities to do that. Listen, we're so tempted in these crazy times to just look after our own problems and our own issues. Philippians 2, 4 says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others. Don't just think about yourself. Think about others. This is what Jesus did. This is why his ministry was so powerful, because he didn't need anything from anyone. It was all about how he could serve, how he could leave people better. It wasn't about him. He was looking out for other people's interests. He did this in his ministry with those around him. And guys, he did this for us. He laid his life down for us. He loved us. He showed us grace and kindness. He's given us better than we deserve. He served us by going to the cross. And guys, now our lives are better than before. Your life is better than 
before. So today, like, here's the thing. I don't want to beat anybody up. I want to build you up. And I want to encourage you. I want to help you see, like, what this is really all about. I want to kind of help narrow your focus as as the world's kind of gone crazy and there's so much going on. What really, really matters to God? We got to love him, know him, and and it matters how we treat people. So for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world he gave, I believe that God wants us to love the world he loved the way he loved. He wants us to love the world he loved the way he loved. That's by giving. That's by serving. That's by leaving people better than the way we found them. That's by by showing kindness, giving better than they deserve. It matters how we treat people. Listen, if you hear this and maybe your heart's like, man, I don't think I've treated people well. Hey, hey, join the club. Join the club. I haven't always treated people well either. We're all growing in this. But here's what I know, that God gives us better than we deserve, and we can start over today. So I'm going to pray for you. Wherever you are, if you could just bow your head. Let's just go to God together and just say, God, we just confess that we need your help. Jesus, we want to love and treat people the way that you did. God, giving people better than they deserve, laying our life down for others, being an encouragement to others, showing love and kindness. God, pray that 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 would just flow out of our hearts. So God, we just say that we can't do this on our own. Jesus, the gospel is that you do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And so we just say, Jesus, we need your help. Would you let the change come from the inside and flow out? Don't just change our behavior, change our hearts. We love you and, and we thank you. God, let us love and treat people the way that you would have us love and treat them. We need your help. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Elevate Church, it has been an honor. It's been a privilege. I hope to get to Erie to see you soon. In the meantime, we love you. I hope you have the best week in your life. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. And we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it. So please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.